From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Catholic spiritual writer Edward Hayes recounts a story from the desert where a young man goes to visit a wise hermit. We all need to seek wise counsel in our lives or when we need advice. Hopefully we all have someone like a wise hermit who we can go to when we need assistance, when we need someone to talk to. Now this man finds the monk sitting outside of his cave, enjoying the sun, and his dog laying lazily at his side. The seeker asks him, Why is it that some who seek God come to the desert and are zealous in prayer, but leave after a year or so, while others like you remain faithful to the quest for a lifetime? The old man responds, One day, my dog and I were sitting here quietly in the sun as we are right now. Suddenly, a large white rabbit ran across in front of us. Can you picture what a dog would do when a white rabbit runs across in front of him? Well, my dog jumped up, barking loudly, and took off after that big rabbit. He chased the rabbit all over the hills with a passion, and soon other dogs joined him, attracted by his barking. What a sight it was as this pack of dogs ran barking across the creek, up stony embankments, and through thickets and thorns. Gradually, however, one by one, the dogs dropped out of of that pursuit, discouraged by the course and frustrated by the pursuit. Only my dog, the man says, continued to hotly pursue the white rabbit. Confused, the young man asks, what is the connection between the rabbit chase and the quest for God? The hermit replies, why didn't the other dogs continue the chase? They had not seen the rabbit. They were only attracted by the barking of the dog, but once you see the rabbit, you will never give up 
the chase. You still need help connecting that to God. Here's your line. Once our, eye, once our heart's eye has seen God, if only for a moment, with the eyes of our heart enlightened, according to uh, Ephesians 1 verse 18, we are drawn to seek God forever. When we have the eyes of our heart enlightened because we have been able to see God enact a difference in our lives, play a role in our lives, we are going to be drawn to seek God forever, even in moments where we may not see God right then and there. We will still be drawn to seek God forever because we have seen the rabbit. How do we remain faithful in this world? When you have seen God act in your life, you are always going to be called to find God again. This story was found in uh, Edward Hayes' book, In Pursuit of the Great White Rabbit. Uh, Reflections on a Practical Spirituality, which was a book that he, w- he published in 19. 19- 90. Now, last week we finished our series on prayer, and in the next four weeks, we are going to be studying how we should be the church as we await the coming of Christ. This last part of the church year, the four weeks before Advent, if you notice, you may have been observant and noticed that on your bulletin this morning, that we have changed from Pentecost to the season before Advent. This is a time when we reflect on the period of waiting for the second coming. As the apostles did for all their lives after Jesus ascended ascended into heaven after the first Easter, and as the church still waits today. We are still waiting for the day of judgment when Jesus will return and all will be made right in the world. And we are, of course, told that we will not know what day or hour this will be. Yet here we are called to continue to be the church that Jesus and Peter and Paul left us with so that our lives could be enriched with the blessing of the Lord. As we wait for the inevitable, it will be difficult to continue the chase if we have not actually seen the rabbit. Thus, my advice to you is seek the rabbit. Seek the opportunity is to see God in our midst. God is all around us, but we will not see God if we are not looking for God. Do not just wait for the Lord to come to you. Seek the Lord. The rabbit was not going to just come right under the dog's nose. The rabbit was out in the open. And the dog found it. The dog was being attentive to the rabbit. I know the analogy may not be perfect, as God is not going to run away from us like the rabbit did once we find God. But when we stay attentive, we find it. And it may seem like God is running away from us at times, even though God is not. We read the story of Zacchaeus today, 
And as we're seeking the rabbit, as we're seeking the Lord, we are called to seek the Lord as Zacchaeus sought the Lord. He could not see the Lord because of the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a tree so that he might be able to view him. Luke chapter 19 verse 4 tells us, So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass by that way. Jesus probably saw him because of the earnest way that he was seeking. He also probably saw the joy in his face when he was able to catch a glimpse of Jesus. I think if we were walking down the path and we saw a man hanging out of a tree with a smile on his face, we would probably say something too and notice this because it is something odd that we don't see all the time. So Jesus recognized him for his extreme way, extreme positive way of seeking out the Lord. Maybe this story will inspire you to start practicing climbing trees in case Jesus comes this way. But if not, as it not, has not inspired me to climb a tree yet, use his example anyway. Do you do everything that is in your power to see Jesus? Do you do everything that is in your power to see Jesus? And when you do see Jesus in your midst, when you talk about Jesus to others, do you experience joy? It's when you create time and opportunities to spend more time with God, doing everything in your power to see Jesus, seeing Jesus in others, seeing Jesus in the time you spend with God, in your devotional time. Do you experience joy? Do you experience a happiness that is greater than any other happiness when you think of your Creator and your Savior? This is how Zacchaeus felt. And if we do not feel that, that can be our end goal. All of a sudden, when Jesus recognized Zacchaeus, he lost the joy that he found in his money and wanted to give it away to right his previous wrongs as he had cheated many in his profession of being a chief tax collector. Instead, he found joy in giving to those in need. He found joy in knowing Jesus and being recognized by Jesus. He took an about face. But we cannot blame the disgruntled audience who mumbled, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. I'm sure he appreciated hearing everybody call him a sinner when he was right in front of them. Even though he was, as we all know, we are all sinners. But we can see that Zacchaeus was not a good guy at heart, at least originally. Being a chief tax collector, he supervised the capital gain that tax collectors were known to take for themselves. They were required to take a certain amount for the city, but then they could take some for themselves, and they often took the highest amount they could get off people. And he oversaw some of those taxes as a chief tax collector, which the scripture tells us. So everyone knew that this man was rich, and they knew why he was rich. So everyone hated him. No one liked him. Really, no one. This is why they don't like the fact 
that Jesus chose to stay at his house. But in doing so, Jesus sends a very important message. Jesus has come for the sinners, for those who need to be saved. Jesus is not necessarily here for those who are already pious and truthful. Luke 19 verse 10 concludes the story aptly. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Ask yourself this. Are you Zacchaeus, who knows he was in the wrong and goes all in to seeking God and trying to fix his mistakes? Or are you the crowd who dissociates from those who have done wrong? Would you be upset if Jesus came back next week and he chose to preach at a prison rather than the church? What if Jesus spent the night with that guy that no one has heard from in years rather than one of uh, the faithful followers, well, one of those who attend church every single week or every or pray every single week who are making sure to be completely present for whatever they can be. Miss Book, I don't mean that to be an element of faith, but the point is that we can be upset. We can question Jesus' decision if Jesus does something other than we would expect. Staying with someone who does not spend the kind of time that we appear to spend with the Lord. Would you question his decision? I don't think we can blame the crowds for questioning Jesus' decision here, even though we can learn from what the crowds did. Now, as we develop our identity as the church with a capital C, the big global Church of Christ, we must seek out the rabbit, which is God in this analogy. We must exhibit joy when we experience our breakthrough with God. And we should also create a welcoming place for the lost. Seek out God. Exhibit joy as best we can. And create a welcoming place for the lost. When hundreds of thousands of Afghan refugees were flooding into our borders, many churches elected to temporarily house some of them until organizations could help find more permanent solutions. This is welcoming the lost. When the Transformation Life Center opened as a homeless shelter in Tiffin this past winter, they were and are making a commitment to help the lost who have hit a hard moment in their lives. When a stranger sits down with a homeless man on the street just to talk, that is making the lost feel welcome. Part of being the church is loving someone, even if they are different, whether they are at a different point of life, are down in their lock or not even sure where they are going One of my favorite aspects of going on mission trips is speaking with those who are broken and lost at their point in their life. 
I remember especially one time in Boston on my mission trip when I was in high school with my church, uh, we served a meal for a homeless community. And we got to sit down and talk to the homeless, sit at the same table, sharing the same meal, and share stories, share our faith, experiences of faith with one another. Those kind of experiences can build up my faith, can build up all of our faith. Seeing how faithful people can be in worse circumstances than us. This is one reason why I'm continued to be inspired by mission. One of many. People who are different than us, who are down in their luck, are people too. They have their own stories. I enjoy staying connected with my non-religious friends as well, even if we do not compare our faith. Because for one, it challenges me. And second, it also keeps my eyes open to their perspective. And finally, and most importantly, it gives me a chance to love someone. If I have that chance, I'm always going to take it. As a church, we are called to embrace diversity. We embrace diversity when we are willing to welcome all, whether they be of a different belief, whether they have done more bad things than you, and even whether they are as open to others as you. If someone walked into the church who does not look like us or act like us, I would hope that we would give them the same greeting that we would give anybody else. If Jesus can invite Zacchaeus into his family, we can also invite into our family someone like Zacchaeus. Church can be a challenge because Jesus Christ will not let us choose with whom we will be a church. Assembling sinners and only sinners is bound to assemble a sometimes hard-to-get-along crowd. Society today has taught us that someone different could be someone dangerous. Yet where fear grips our hearts, let love prevail. Where we get into arguments with our neighbor, love can still prevail. When we have fear, we can let love prevail. Whatever happens, always let love prevail. In 2 Thessalonians, the author recognizes that the people in the church of Thessalonica are doing a great job growing the identity of the church. He notes three specific traits that were important in this early church. First, the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. We're doing a better job at loving our neighbor, to put that simply. Second, your steadfastness and faith during all your persecutions is to be boasted of. I admire your faith even though you fall on hard times. And third, we will always pray for you. Being prayed for by another person, whatever I need, is so important. Pray for your neighbor. It does not matter what the others are saying. We want to increase our love for one another and be able to persist in our faith. We want to be able to have the strength to never give up chasing that rabbit 
and those who are being persecuted and still are in many countries today, may we pray for them. They are able to persist in their faith still because they have seen God act in their lives. But despite that, no matter how strong we may feel, we still need people praying for us on our behalf. Paul models this very well through what he says in his letter. Pray for one another. I'd like to conclude with sharing a few words that our association minister, Dan Bush, sent out in his weekly email. I was inspired by these words, and they relate to a prayer. Uh, And he says, words from a prayer declare, As fear grip our country, let us choose love. As fear grips our country, let us choose love. It is love's power that can reform hatred into care and compassion. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to change our ways by the working of God's Spirit in us reformed into the image of Christ as persons of love through us in word and in deed. Never forget that we are part of God's family, accepted by God, reformed through God's unconditional love and forgiveness. Reformation is is, is in every moment of life. May we and you be blessed always. May all honor and glory be to God. Thanks be to God. And amen. As we recognize that uh, we are sinners, we make mistakes, but we still have a God who loves us. We are reminded of God's grace as we let love prevail uh, in our relationships with others, in our relationship with God, and of course, in God's relationship with us. We celebrate God's relationship with us in God's grace, in our song, Amazing Grace. Let us sing Amazing Grace, found in our green books, number 422.
Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.